this is the fourth in a series that we're doing, looking at the strands of what a church is made out of. And I feel in really exalted company because we had Nancy lead us off fantastically talking about the household of God. Then we had Robin talking about love, Andy talking about unity, and then you got me to finish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about fellowship. And it was quite interesting. I was supposed to um, speak a while ago, but it was the week that uh, Mandy died. And I wasn't ready for it, actually. And it was quite interesting how everything came together. And actually looking at this and moving this particular talk to the end, I thought was quite important. I'm going to bring out um, some things about that. Now, it's amazing how things fit together in Godland. Right, I want to take you back to 1980. Can you just remember yourself as a 17-year-old? Okay. There's a 17-year-old who's just arrived in England, gone to college, to sixth form college, spent all his secondary school education in an all-boys school. So here we are, Queen Mary's College, new country, new way of learning, new everything, and speaks with an accent. Uh, trying to make friends and you say something and everybody bursts out laughing and you go, why are they all laughing? Why are they laughing at me? Because you said something that in your homeland meant one thing. Over here, it means something else. And it wasn't very crude, but it was a slightly on the crude side. And of course, being teenagers, that is hilarious when somebody says something that's um, not quite right. So it's really easy to be misunderstood in a collection of people. And we see life through lenses. And I think we see this whole fellowship thing through lenses. By the way, if you're interested in looking at lenses, KST are running a short course in June about how to read the Bible, looking at different lenses that you can read the Bible through, different ways of looking at the Bible rather than just your own eyes. And I would thoroughly recommend that you could do that and find out a little bit more. So quite often, we have these multiple lenses. So in Christian terms, you have a word that secularly means one thing, and fellowship is one of these amazing words that does mean so many different things. Um, you can go to... Oxford and oh, right, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, and you can get a fellowship in education. That's a certain level in your education status. You know, if you get a fellowship, you, you're getting quite high up. In our, in our church situation, fellowship can mean a lot more depending on what culture you come from, what country you come from, even which particular church or congregation you come from. And... I want to just do some sort of exploring of the meaning. Sorry, I forget that I have a PowerPoint up here. <laughs> Could you move that on a little bit? Uh, next one. I'm basing this around the passage in Acts 2. I'm not going to read that now. We've read that quite a lot of times, and it's quite a famous passage. Can you go to the next one, please? Oh. Right. These are the sort of the categories I'm going to go. What is fellowship? I'm going to look at my own particular lens, because if you've got to pick on somebody, pick on yourself. And then I want to just do a little bit of a challenge. Right. Let's just have a think. And you can call out, 
What does the word fellowship, can you think of one word or a short phrase that fellowship means to you? If you hear the word fellowship, what is the first thing that comes into your head? Thank you. Any more? Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Sharing. Sharing. Okay, good. But as you can see, that is actually a huge range of things that we can talk about. So I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to pick on some of those things as we go through. Yeah, fellowship is a noun which John brought out um, over there. The name of a congregation. Sometimes you get churches. I think there's one in Basingstoke called the Melrose Fellowship. Um, uh, actually led or used to be led by some friends of ours and that is sort of one way of using the word but I think we're more in this talk talking about the verb and the verb is really about getting together and being having one thing in common that's quite often what fellowship is so the thing that we have in common is Jesus isn't it? it's the grand thing that draws us all together whoever we are, wherever we are in this um, hall, if we are a back seat lover, if we are a front seat lover, if we're somebody who moves around, every single one of us can sit there and say, Jesus is what is important to us. Oops, my eyes have gone a bit wobbly. And, you know, in Galatians 5, Paul talks about, in Christ, there is no, and I'm going to update it a little bit. I'll start with the first one. There's no male or female. It doesn't really matter. In Christ, no male or female. There's no master or slave, or maybe in this country, no employer or employee. There's no African or English or European. There's no South American. Everybody we come here, there's no Asian. You know, we're all people who are in Jesus. There is no separation in any other regard. There is no Baptist, no Methodist, no Congregationist, no Catholic. And if we think about things going on in this world, you know, there's no Hong Kong or China. There's no Israel or Palestine. There is no separation between these because we're all in Jesus. And we're going to get together. We come together. And we're going to be part of the same place. Why? Why do we need to get together? Because fellowship, the getting together, is a thread that brings together everything else. Nancy's household that she spoke of, without fellowship, that household is going to be splintered. It's going to go all in its own directions. Love. Where is that love going to grow? Where is it going to be seen? In fellowship. Bringing together, coming together. You can't see that love. Unity, even more important. Where there are issues, that unity is brought and expressed as we fellowship together, as we be together and stay together. And we're going to get all these different things that we came out. Support, love. Sharing. I put down empathy. Prayer, which is part of support. Knowledge. 
How do we share our knowledge? We share it in fellowship. It could be in a big meeting like this. Well, biggish meeting like this. It could be in small groups. Yeah, we've got lots and lots of different ways to fellowship together. We've got big church festival happening soon. Bringing Christians together from all over the area to fellowship together. Um, we've had things like Transform and stuff like that, which is a bit more in our groupings. Or what was our grouping? We've got, you know, things that might just be in our town. So we used to have celebrations. And I sort of, I've heard a, a bit of a rumor that we might be having celebrations again at some point. But I'm not, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> okay. And also things like the Sounds of Hope and the concerts they do. Those are ways of bringing fellowship, bringing people together from different congregations. Then we've got our whole church thing, so our meetings, the brunch, my favorite, the whole gross. Why is that my favorite? I organize it. <laughs> um, but even there, you know, you've got these things going on together. And then small church, small groups even. But even these big events, you tend to go be in the part of it. So I'm thinking back to the last <laughs> my hands are already bad, aren't they? <laughs> I keep moving. Um, we landed up with a men's table, and I, I was trying to remember all the people who'd been there. I know Richard Langdale was one, Rob Whitehouse, um, Charles Applegate. I don't think any of you are here, actually. <laughs> um, and we were sitting there having a great discussion, and it was a really, really great time. And actually opened my eyes. So I used some of it to bring this on and to develop my thinking in the way that fellowship worked. Um, we do well in our church for things like the, the short courses and groups. So I'm actually joining Robin's short group, uh, small group this, this week. There's a few others going on. Um, and actually bringing those together. And this is one of the things um, that Rob and I think Ben said to me, it's been really good to be part of the short groups because you get to know somebody you didn't know before and get to do something. Brilliant stuff, okay? So it's a really good way of doing it. We've... Sorry, lost my place. And things like one-off events, like the international evening, went down really, really well. The hog roast and stuff like that. Yeah, they're all really, really good things. But I don't want to polish our halo too highly because I think there are areas we could improve as a church. One has been prayer meetings. Quite often on a Thursday evening, we have a prayer triplet, um, or sometimes less. There have been occasions where the leader of the Thursday prayer meeting is logged in and then 10 minutes later logged out because um, nobody else, for various reasons. I'm not, please, I'm not giving blame. This is me talking to me as much as anything else. Um, things like that. Uh, the cell groups. Debbie and I started naming ourselves the cell group killers <laughs> because it seemed that when we joined a cell group, it didn't last very long after that. <laughs> um, it, it's just the way. And for Debbie and I, it was something quite important, but we sort of work out how we can do maybe slightly differently uh, and where we're going to go because for us, the cell groups were really, really important. Uh, so those are two main things, maybe, that we could do better. 
But why are we doing these things? There's a fact I learned recently. There's a training for work. Did you know that the average person receives about 75 gigabytes of data a day? It might not mean a lot to you if you're not very technical, but that's about two um, phones worth of information uh, that can be held on your phone. Uh, that, compared to about 100 to 200 years ago, we used to get about 75 gigabytes of data a year. We are just overwhelmed with data, with information, things going on at the moment. These are possible issues. Um, just sheer time and business probably links into that. Work demands and things like that. You know, some of us work really long hours for various reasons. I'm not saying anything is wrong. Please do that. I'm just saying these are things that are general busyness. Having a family means you're really, really busy, especially a young family. There are lots of things that go on around young children. Other priorities and things. There's also cultural issues or family background issues that might cause issues. I'm going to open up some of these when I talk about my own life. So you have a life lens on things. Sometimes it's just plain fear. You're worried about doing something. You're worried about going somewhere or doing... Uh, sorry, I've lost quite my thread there. But just there's a bit of a worry and you step back, but don't necessarily step up to face it. Right, so I want to just talk a little bit about myself. Sorry, I've sort of forgotten about that. <laughs> I'll move it on in a minute. Actually, could you uh, move that on, please? One page. One slide. Oh, it's got stuck. Okay technical stuff. Yeah, so we've just been talking about what stands in the way for better fellowship. And that's something that I'd like you to take away with you and just think about what's standing in my way for making better fellowship. We move on to the next one. I grew up um, in Rhodesia. My dad was initially in the police and then he worked for the railways. I'll just ask this question. I don't know if anybody wants to answer. How many homes did you have before you were 10? Or how many schools did you go to before you were 10? Yeah? I probably moved every year of my life until I was 10. When I started school, I... Um, went to at least one different school every year in my school career until I was in the last year of primary. Uh, fortunately, once I got into secondary, I stayed in the same secondary school. That actually had a lot of implications in my life and the way I behaved. Some of the training we've done recently for um, work talks about early childhood influences. And that period of time so up to about the age of 10 is with a lot of influence, a lot of change, a lot of development in your life that uh, will affect. And I am going to, oh, let's be brave, I'm going to be 60 this year. I still have the effects of that early childhood experiences in my life. 
God has done marvelous things for me in the last few years. Actually, probably 10 years since I became a Christian. Anyway, and changing things. But I still have those effects. There is a lot in not having a self-belief. And this influences the way that I... Yeah, these are all things that affect the way I fellowship. Self-belief. Quite often, when you don't believe with yourself, you go through this phase, and it's well-recognized in these sort of circles when we're looking at education. Reject before you are rejected. And those of you who probably um, dealt with foster children or adopted children, something that often happens because of their experiences. They don't want to link or make that thing because it might not work or probably won't work in their eyes. So you reject before you're rejected. You assume people don't like you. Everything that happens, you see through this lens. Oh, that's because they don't want me, or they don't like me, or they don't want things to do with me. You get what my wife calls super sensitive. She calls me out on it, actually. And she's very good at that. Um, Because I sort of go, well, you're not listening to me. Just because somebody else puts another point of view across... That's not valid because it's not what I just said. You argue with me and you're saying I'm wrong. But no, they're not arguing. We're not arguing. It's a debate, isn't it? You're putting forward another point of view. Now, when you're doing this, you tend to hold back. Now, I don't know if anybody notices when I'm in things. I'm either really busy organizing stuff or I sit in the corner. <laughs> I don't really engage. It's like I've got to let people come to me. I find it really, really hard going forward and talking to people. And I've also had a few experiences where I've been talking to somebody and then somebody else comes up and just jumps into the conversation and sort of almost edges me out because they feel they've got something to say. They're probably not meaning anything to me. It's the way that I feel. So then I I drop back. So these are all things that can influence everyone, every one of us. Every one of us has probably got something like this in our lives that is affecting how we fellowship with one another and organizing things. The pandemic did not help us. And I know for Debbie and I, and I'm sort of reviewing, what we do now, we don't do what we were doing before we did start the pandemic. I've also heard from a few other people I'm not going to name names or anything, but when I've been talking, you know, it's not the same interaction, it's not the same inviting around or going and seeing people as it was before the pandemic. Maybe we need to do things. Um, yeah. So what I want to do is to challenge you. Could we put that up to the challenge screen? Right, okay. This is my challenge to you. There are people that you don't know in this congregation. I'm looking across, and I'm sorry, I'm really ashamed to say I recognize some faces. Some of you I know really well. Some of you I know a bit. Some of you I recognize your face. Some of you go, ooh, (laughs) haven't seen you before. And I am really bad. I apologize at introducing myself and saying hello. 
to take this as, hello, welcome. Um, okay. Uh, but there are also sometimes people we don't get along with. Dare I say that in church? <laughs> I know, for me, there are some people I find harder to relate to than there are other people, let's put it that way. So I want to challenge you to invite somebody you either don't get along with or you don't know to various things. I've put a meal there, but maybe it doesn't have to be a meal. It might just be coffee. It might be for a walk. Um, We've got a dog now, so it's like we've started doing a few dog walks around and and invite (laughs) my sister and I go quite often um, with her partner and and Debbie. We will go out with our dogs and actually have a long walk and spend time together. So it's a useful way of, of getting to know each other. So that is something I want to challenge you to do. Or, and, and or, do a short course. If you haven't thought about doing a short course and joining a group, have a go. I've heard marvelous things. So this is the first short group I've So I can't speak from experience, although I'd love being part of a cell group. Do that. Get to know some more people. Let's start building those links together in our um, church. And I also particularly want to... This is an and, not an all. Come along to prayer meetings. Prayer is the lifeblood of the church and walking together. It might be, you know, if you're not part of a prayer triplet or a small prayer group, I know that was a challenge or put together in groups. Invite people along to join you in prayer. You don't only have to have one group. Could have several groups running in there. And joining in and actually praying together again helps strengthen those bonds. Let's see that bond in our church strengthen, the ties strengthen amongst us and pull us together stronger and stronger. And as people come in, remember to welcome them, to bring in them into their bonds. Some people are really good. You know, you sit there and go, I wish I was like say, for example, Mandy, or I wish I was like Andy, he does marvelous things, I wish I could be an Andy. Could I be a Robin? I'd love to be a Robin or a Nancy or a Sophie, you know, doing all these wonderful things that they do. But you're not. I'm not. And I spend too much time wishing I was like somebody else. But I'm me. God has given me particular talents, and I need to use them. God has given every one of us talents, and you need to use them. Use them for building up relationship. Use them for bringing us together as a church. And not only us, the people outside. We all know other Christians outside the church. doesn't have to just be us. Don't be inclusive like that. You know, probably not quite the right word, inclusive, but... We need to be out there with all of us, bringing the churches together. One church does a wonderful thing for Basingstoke. But actually, all the other Christians that we know and where we've had these issues over the last years, let's keep those relationships going with people. Yeah? What did we say? There's no separation in Christ. We all belong to Christ. We might not believe the same things. We might not want the same things. But we are all fellows in Christ. So let's keep those relationships going. 
build and strengthen with other congregations, with other Christians, and through the town, through the city. Some of us work outside of um, Basingstoke. I nearly said Alton there. <laughs> Um, you know, you've got networks you can build there. One of the things I regret when I was working in London, there were quite a few sort of lunchtime Christian things that I, now I wish I would sort of got involved in. I lived, no, I worked just down from All Souls Langham Place, and they did a lot of business lunch stuff. I sort of wish I'd gone and actually enjoyed that. So take advantage, build the links, build. Build, build, and please accept my challenge. Now, I would like to pray for you. If you would like to say, own up to accepting the challenge, you can just do a little wave. That doesn't have to be a thing, anything obvious. I'm not going to get you to stand up. But if you could do that, and I will pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are overall, and that we're all one with you. We're all the same to you in that sense. We all follow you. And Father, as we go forward, help us to build our relationships with each other. Father, let us get these small fellowship groups going. Let's get those links through us and through those around us built and strengthened so that by our love for each other, Others will know that we are part of you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Ray.